Hey, Sam. Hey, Teresa. What's up? Um, not a whole lot, but it snowed in New York this week. We got maybe like a foot and a half, and it was one of the most beautiful experiences I've had the whole time I've been here. They were, we actually live um, right by this hill, right by Riverside Park, shout out. Um, and there were so many families that just brought their kids out to go sledding. Um, there were snowmen everywhere. I saw an eight foot tall snowman, which as someone who's five, six was a bit terrifying. Um, I don't think <laughs> snowmen should be taller than people. <laughs> <laughs> I spent a lot of time outside and it's been a really beautiful week. We should name this episode Sam Height Reveal. <laughs> you heard it here, five six. First, five six. Five six. Not short kings out there. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out this this um whole podcast is sponsored by Short Kings everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Every <laughs> continent, every city, every country, every planet. You know, there's definitely like when we finally find other planets, we're definitely going to find short kings on Mars. You know, we exist everywhere. I feel like this is actually a really big deal because whenever we interview people, like it's like shoulder up. And I feel like if someone told me Sam was like six foot, I'd be like, yeah, why not? <laughs> but like now all the interview subjects know there's not much below what you're seeing on screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. I've revealed enough about myself for today, um, but we've got a great show for you guys. We're going to be interviewing the team over at New York Lab over a glass of Hawaiian punch. Great. Let's get into it. So for today's drink, we chose Hawaiian Punch. Actually, I chose Hawaiian Punch um, because it's just one of those drinks that my, yeah, that my mom didn't want me to drink um, whenever we would go to the grocery store. Um, and I also associate the drink very much with like the color and just having my whole mouth be like stained, um, stained completely red from like taking literally one sip. Also, the color's like really, really pigmented red. And then also their blue flavor is really blue. And that's always really suspicious to me. But that's um, American manufacturing and capitalism, I guess. Yeah. I can't say I have a ton of thoughts about Hawaiian Punch, except for that it's just a giant, like, nostalgic throwback to me. Um, those times when I was little where... I would just drink sugar, bounce off the walls, and have a great time. Now, I actually have had Hawaiian Punch as like a mixer a couple of times in college. Um, but generally, I think this is my first time drinking it plain in a long time. And like the experience was like nostalgic. It was like one of those flashback scenes in a movie. Um, but it wasn't like a positive flashback. It was like one of those flashbacks where you're like, wow. I'm sorry that happened to me. <laughs> but um, moving into the interview, we have a really exciting interview for y'all today. We're going to be interviewing the team over at New York Lab. Um, specifically, we're going to be talking to Samori and Isaiah, who helped to run the lab from a management perspective. And then we're also going to be talking to two of the artists associated with the label, 
um, Goshe Guppy and London Avery. Teresa, do you want to tell us a little bit more about what they do? Yeah, definitely. So um, New York Lab is this really great label that was launched um, in 2018 that basically aims to create spaces for Black creatives to really take ownership of their music and their art in a way that many labels don't. Um, and recently, they just signed with a partnership with United Masters, which is really huge. Um, and um, we are really excited to just talk to them also about what it's like um, founding a label as college students or people around our age. Um, and so on today's episode, um, we aren't going to be interviewing all the members of the team, but we will be interviewing two of the founders, Samori Coates and Isaiah Shimkin, as well as two of the artists they've signed, Gosha Guppy and London Avery. Um, and Earlier um, last year, we actually interviewed Mavi, who's also signed with New York Lab and was one of our favorite interviews by far. Um, and so, yeah, we're super excited to just hear more about how they've adapted to the music business, especially in the pandemic. And also from an artist perspective, what it's been like um, working on albums and album releases during this time. Most definitely. And I feel like we have a lot of artists on here who talk about like how toxic the major label system can be. And honestly, we have a ton of, we have mostly, I think, independent artists on the program. So it's just awesome to get the chance to talk to people who are trying to start a label that has like the right energy in mind um, and how they're going about that. So we're super excited for the conversation. And you want to call them up right now, Teresa? Yeah, let's call him up right now. Thank y'all so much for coming in and talking to us today. We are super excited to get into the interview, but why don't y'all just start by introducing yourselves? Um, I guess I'll start. Um, so my name is Samari Coates, um, and with the rest of the gentlemen here, um, we are New York Live. Um, uh, I helped found New York Live with my friends, and um, since then we've basically just been working really hard. Um, at trying to make our dreams come true. And uh, yeah, me personally, I'm just an art person. That's that's the summary of me. I just love art. Zach Brennan Jean, AKA Gosha Guppy, signed to Lab, a part of Lab, managed by both Samari and Zay. Um, it's a big family. I guess for me, like my, uh, my whole job is like the creation of art, especially timeless art. And like, honestly, like my mission statement for what I want to do in lab changes every day. London Avery, AKA London Avery, LA, whatever you would call me. Um, Chicago, Illinois in the house, Peoria, Illinois in the house, you know, shout out to the P. Uh, managed by Noble Media Management, you feel me? Lab the label. And that's just my family, you know, my uh, part of lab is creation. I'm an artist and musician. So I'm just trying to bring everything to the table to make the family, you know? best best possible i'm isaiah shimkin i uh started up with lab with uh with everybody else working to get toward operationalizing and and get to our our dream of of becoming a, a real functioning label and i've been working steadily doing artist management and just really enjoying the process of seeing through creative visions and getting artists exposed that deserve it, so. 
Could y'all tell us a little bit about what New York Lab does? What is your mission? Our mission, first and foremost, in relation to music, um, as a label, as a record label, um, is basically just giving artists the opportunity to receive full compensation for the art that they put out um, and creating a platform for a multitude of different types of art to exist in, in one cohesive space. Um, we, we basically want to give specifically the undermined and overlooked uh, people across the world an opportunity to feel like they, they have a space where they can express themselves freely. And they have a group of people who not only are saying that they want to give them that space, but also are fully committed and invested in defending that space um, and not simply just co-opting a vision or an idea for money. Following up with that, like what are, I guess, some of the biggest problems um, that artists have that you guys have been trying to solve? I think we see one thing as a just a base period is artists not having having ownership and the freedom to release music on their on their own time without impediments but also to make sure that they they have a team because it's a major major job with a lot of areas to take care of from um paperwork from copywriting and producer agreements and making sure that artists have those assurances that come with them and then also handling shows and touring and which is a little different with a lot of online stuff during during covid virtual touring and shows to then the creative and content side and making sure that they have resources that they like and appreciate from videographers to um design digital design for their cover art and that's a big thing that you know samari does a, a great job and a lot of the lab team and putting really cool creatives um that mesh really well together to help support that artist content yeah and maybe uh go share london to talk about this but where do you see like resistance to that like do you see a lot of forces in the industry trying to make sure that you guys don't own your work or do you see this as like something that's really like preventing you from advancing? I say like more and more now, like since ownership has been like, I don't know, it's been brought up a lot now that people are trying to finagle different ways into like seeming like you own yourself. But like when you come down to it, you don't really own your stuff, like the 360s and all these crazy deals. But I feel like we're getting more and more to like a better space. Yeah. Yeah, um, I agree. I want to talk about like uh, 360s or even just like um, like the initial contracts and like for you to get money or for you to get paid, like how many like like uh, obstacles you have to go through and like um, even even as far as having a solid team and who's who's around you, like are they really for you as an artist, as a person, or are they like uh, for you, like working to get money uh, back to the label. And that's like really important. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And I guess we've heard artists like a lot, like even like going back to Jay-Z talking about like you have to own your masters and all that. Um, but I think that's like not always felt completely genuine. How do y'all work to like make sure that that's like a genuine spirit that's always with the label? I think one of the key things that uh I feel like we first and foremost focus on is like the actual sharing and spreading of information 
one of the benefits of, for instance, being able to work with someone like Isaiah um, is like in places where because of the powers that be, um, for instance, I'm just going to say Black because that's what I am. Black artists and Black people who are in a creative space tend to lack access to certain information. So they don't understand, okay, well, there is this amount of people that just rightfully because of how they created the music and how the music was created, they have rights to this part of, or this part of the music, this amount of money, this type of money. This is where different parts come into play. A lot of that is kind of in obscurity until you actually get to the step and it's like, oh my gosh, it's a whirlwind. Um, and I feel like we've been just trying to create a space where at the very least um, information is constantly being flowed and people are constantly learning about the various different ways that people um, can make money in the music industry, that people can obtain ownership and maintain ownership. Um, and like, I think that's, that's one of the first keys for sure. A real uh, kind of kickoff to that was, you know, finding a, a way to get the artist's music heard and give them a platform. And that wasn't maybe driven by a major label that almost always takes ownership of masters was finding a, a distribution outfit like United Masters that would sign the artist to a, a New York lab to facilitate that to a deal where they had full ownership of their, over their masters. They have all their rights, publishing rights, and it's only taking a portion of the artist's streaming revenue that New York lab also doesn't take any, any portion of. So New York lab doesn't collect a portion of streaming revenue also doesn't have any ownership of masters. Really New York Lab is working to build its platform to work towards some of those social justice missions and to you know, build a, a reputation and larger platform for artists to utilize you know, through, this, through this base and to you know, make revenue from brand partnerships or facilitating merch deals and merch distribution, all stuff that's outside the boundaries of a distribution contract. Yeah, so with like that being said and what you guys are trying to do, what do you think is the future like of the record label or even like the artist collective and how do those two, I guess, sometimes merge? I, um, from at least from a person, I can't really speak from the artist perspective, but from uh, like a more like in between business and creative perspective, I feel like the opportunity for somebody who's creatively interested like me, um, but also business minded at the same time to be able to not only just become an employee, like you can actually now um, create your own record label. You can start to figure out, learn how to do these things that years ago might've seemed impossible. Um, it's just a more democratized um, way of going about things now um, that gives everybody opportunities that they may not have had before um, to learn things, to do things, to open up the floor to other people. Um, I think that's definitely been a, a, a huge like um, change and important thing. Going off of that kind of, as a label, um, I know that y'all must have your eyes on like what's going on like around New York and around the country in general um, in terms of music. What direction do you see the New York music scene taking or have you seen like a specific direction that you feel like it's moving in the next couple of years you can call me on this and i'm gonna die on this hill new york drill is dead <laughs> so it's not gonna go that way um but i do think that um 
lyricism is going to eventually make its comeback. I think that we're in a bit of a kind of rough spot musically, like where like a bunch of artists, un underdeveloped uh, artists are like coming to like the main stage, especially in New York and don't have like all the necessary skills. It's just like a lot of like swag and charisma, which can only take you so far. But I do believe that um, the skills are going to come back, like, you know, like in the same way that people were like, oh, I think that music is a bit too serious and has too much of a message and want something lighter. We've had that for a very long time. And I'm going to hop on that too. Like coming from Chicago, like seeing the transformation, like in Chicago after drill, like now you get the like G Herbos and Apologies, so like still, like it's still street music, don't get me wrong, but like just like a little bit more lyrical and like trying to have at least try to have like more substance and stuff like that. So, yeah. What do y'all think killed New York Drill? Happened. I think the um, the death of like Pop Smoke for sure, right? If you think about it, like he was, there was like, you know, many drill scenes in New York with like Tutu and like, like GD and BD beefing, but like Pop Smoke really like kind of changed the formula a little bit and like made it less so like, I'm going to kill you into like, let's let's all party and then maybe we kill each other afterwards and so like from doing that he was able to like really boom it but because he like passed away like the the person who, who's leading the path like we, there is no like no one else who's even good enough in in new york to like kind of like follow him up you know yeah no that totally makes sense and um i know like part of being a label is doing a lot of a and Ring and like seeing what artists are out there. What do you guys feel like is the power of having black ANRs? Because I know like historically it's been like a lot of white ANRs going into black spaces. Um, one of the things uh, that I really appreciate about the setup that we have right here is like black ANRs, I feel like when it comes to things that are specific to black art and culture are going to have a better understanding in some cases of what resonates more so at home but obviously that changes too from you know economic backgrounds as well um and so that also is something that we have to pay attention to in terms of making sure okay like is this something like that i'm not really you know supposed to be touching like that's not my place um and i feel like we're we're opening up the space for um black people to really um get to dictate their culture and really have control over the narrative and be able to to further push things that they know resonate with people and resonate with people in the right and positive ways um and that's really what we we, we appreciate about that i know that like before the pandemic you guys started off as like um sort of with like um like party centric model almost like you would host all these events right so um how has the pandemic forced you guys to kind of like switch it up and i guess have you found something that has sort of like replaced that physical aspect of um artist inclusion or um have you taken the pandemic and just pivoted towards um something else i think there's there's nothing that's quite replaced the live scene i think there was a real type of energy with that 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 is unmatched and you know that's in, included in the business in in touring and people are trying to see if they can get a head start now on on booking and setting up tours because nothing nothing really has replaced it we've done some like live streams with twitch and move forward music 
that London did a great performance on. Um, so did Mavi, who you both spoke to. Um, and that was great. And there was engagement. But it, it's, it's not kind of the, the same kind of energy that I think Guppy can definitely speak to doing lots of performances at these raw lab events. One was in a gym with a boxing ring and just performances and DJs in the middle of the, of the boxing ring. And there's also kind of more of an artistic element of curation for those live events. That's much more prominent, which I'm, you know, I know Samari can, can speak to with all that goes into making sure that it's an experience. It's not just a party. It's not just a concert. It's an experience. And that's what labs always talked about. Yeah. I'd say for like the artist side, I think one of the, the beautiful things about the party is like, you know, like it does bring people together and then like what you share is music. So like with the parties, like the inevitable, the, the end goal was to like somehow perform and get some of the music out there. So not only are you like, am I going to like, as Gosha Guppy bring my music to you, but I'm also gonna be able to like party with you. And like, it's it's more intimate in that in that setting, like the party concert type environment. Yeah, I just, I agree um, with a lot of what everybody was saying in terms of um, like the, the feeling, the vibe that you get from like the parties and concerts, the, especially like the way that we were kind of setting them up, the raw energy that was received from them, I don't think necessarily can be replaced. Um, I think, that we've definitely found uh, alternative ways to give people experiences, but I, I like like Isaiah said, like I just feel like the experience that we created in those physical spaces cannot be replaced or, or really matched with something that's not in those physical spaces in the same way. Um, so that's one of the reasons I'm really excited to see how we can adapt and move forward with, um, you know, what live shows or just that kind of experience looks like in the future. Most definitely. Yeah, we definitely can't wait till those um, parties resume. And I was wondering, it seems like in the next couple months, New York is going to start opening up, hopefully. And I was wondering, or it seems like your release schedule kind of corresponds with that, maybe. Could you tell us a little bit about what the release schedule of upcoming releases looks like? And if you guys have anything planned for maybe next summer? I mean, uh, London, he's got a fantastic, fantastic album. That's going to be coming out very, very soon. The intro, titled intro, was already released and has been hitting ESPN, been played during the Lakers game, on X Games content. And we're really excited with that start because we know there's, there's nine other amazing songs left to go. That's all coming really soon. And Guppy's going to be releasing a very anticipated underground single from the time of throwing events before COVID hit and with an album coming out right after that they're really working hard on. Yeah, and from both like an artist perspective and maybe a label perspective, um, how has it been different to put together an album during this time like of COVID and also of like just everything changing in terms of album releases? Well, as far as content creation, it was like a love-hate relationship because, like, you have a lot of time to create content. But as far as inspiration, sitting in four walls is not very, you know, doesn't paint a very vivid story. But, like, yeah, it's love and hate, like I said. But 
as far as having time to create and be like very creative, I, I appreciated the time Kobe gave. But it's time to get the fuck out of here with that. Like, it's time to party and enjoy music. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's honestly been a lot of love for me. One, like, I've been able to like really explore like influences. Like, okay, like, yo. I like Lauren Hill. So who inspired Lauren Hill? Oh, Bob Marley. Cool. You know, let's get, let's, let's go deeper. Um, I do agree um, that the uh, inspiration part can kind of, can kind of be tough sometimes, but um, I guess a way that I was able to, to like avoid that problem was by like reading and like um, surrounding myself with different like stimulation, like, you know, watch, let's watch Italian movies. So now I want to be like a made man. Right. So like a bunch of like cool little stuff like that, like has like expanded, like my, like my creative process. Yeah. And I think that um, one thing we can all relate to also is like, we're all also like students. Um, So how do you guys um, balance like being creative, especially now that school has started again, I feel like a different person now. Um, Yeah. Like how do you guys um, work to balance, I guess, like, New York labs and um, being like student. Okay, uh, for me, like I, uh, I, I like slick built my schedule around NY lab. So like I wake up early, like early, like 7 a.m. And then I have like 8.30 and then by like, by 1.30 I'm done. So from like 1.30 to like 11, I can do what I need to do, whether it's like record a song or talk to Zay or some more or like post a photo or, you know, go shopping or record, you know what I'm saying? Um, it does suck though, you know, being in school does suck because it drains the life out of you. I don't do homework, <laughs> okay? I don't study for tests. I barely pass my classes, no, no. But um, it, it definitely is, a, you definitely have to like, a, I kind of do like 25% um, school, like 40% lab, and then like keep the remaining percentage for like, you know, friends and family and like my, myself, so. Yeah, that sounds like a great balance to have. What do y'all see? Um, and it could be from an artist perspective or a label perspective, but as being the future of New York Lab, what is your end goal? I don't even really necessarily say, I don't really necessarily want to speak from just a label perspective because I think ultimately um, New York Lab should fulfill everybody's like personal objectives in terms of what they want to see in the creative world, um, like what kind of changes they want to see made. And so I think that's a very broad goal. But I think, um, at least personally, I just want to see a world where um, New York Lab represents the artist's ability to take agency, if that makes sense. Like, um, I feel like we haven't really seen a home for artists to claim a space to say, like, this is mine, this is this is where I belong, and without somebody trying to, you know, kind of tailor their image to whatever they want it to be, but I want to... I want New York Lab to be that place where you can be whoever you want to be. And to piggyback off that, um, since we're given the space to like be very creatively free, like my whole thing as an artist is to very like really push those boundaries and like like get out of the box. Like since we have the freedom to do what we want, we own our own things. We don't have to worry about a label telling us we have to put this type of music out because that's what they want. Like we have the freedom and it's our like. It's it's like it's our mission to like really push every boundary because we can. We have the opportunity that a lot of people don't have. So that's my whole goal in like every aspect, like socially, music wise, like everything. 
Yeah, and I think that like one thing that really makes um, you, like your team work is that you guys are also like all friends. Um, and so like me and Sam are also really close friends and and we started the queue. Um, but definitely our like working relationship is different <laughs> from our friendship. So like how has, I guess, learning how to work together with your close friends um, change relationships? And also like, how do you separate like your friendship from like, okay, we have to like sit down and do work. I think, I think balancing the two really helped us spend even more time understanding how one another functions on, on multiple levels because there is a lot of, lot of give and take um, to when people feel most effective, balancing schedules of, from artists recording and, and making art to balancing school or any other additional responsibilities, really also figuring out the ways to bring out the best in each other and kind of keep each other hungry, push one another. So I think that's, that's been a big part of it. And as we've, we've added that structure and started to operationalize um, through a distribution deal with United Masters, we've had a lot of product commitments to get in paperwork, rollouts to be made. And it's really allowed so many different outlets for people to get deeper into the music business that we had to make, make adjustments and understand how we work best because we had deadlines and, and responsibilities. I think that's something that we've definitely had to learn too. And moving beyond kind of the label, um, just as people, what music have you been listening to? What's been inspiring you? Goshi Guppy, um, Mavi, um, Young OPB. That's just like going to repeat, really, honestly. LA, bro, you got to send me the song that you weren't able to finish because I, 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 I have a snippet of it on my phone that I listen to, and I'm always like, send it to me. You never do. Um, but for me, I'd say I listen to like, Honestly, like a lot of like older albums, like um, The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill, or like more recently, like a lot of like MF Doom. And then what I'm trying to create and borrow from is like the, the EDM era. So like, like, like the development of house and stuff, like from Chicago and all that cool stuff. So those combination, like, and then of course, I listen to like a bunch of underground artists like Hook and BK and like so many so many people i'm not even gonna lie real quick Gov. i'm always gonna do this every time you mention house and mention chicago don't forget house was born in baltimore too give baltimore his credit all i gotta say other than that i'm listening to state new york live artists and for spiritual education i've been listening to a lot of um just like sufism um oriented music just to keep myself spiritually balanced and then um a lot of red. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I think those are most of the questions we have for y'all. But what should we, I know you mentioned London's album, but what should we look out from y'all in general? A lot of videos coming soon, content, off the meter, everywhere. Just be looking out. You're going to see it somewhere. I promise you. Yeah, and I think getting to, to planning for, you know, COVID willing, there being shows and live events come some point maybe midway through the summer um or even if it's if it's the fall 
getting getting ahead now because there are plans in the works for live shows, but I think also a lot of great video content. You know, uh, Guppy just finished up a video that's going to be coming really soon for a song called Trap A Lot. Mavi is shooting videos tomorrow and the next day with Lone Wolf. One is going to be for an album and another is going to be announced soon, soon come. But, and Camp Alt, another great um, group of videographers that's really starting to get around New York doing um, stuff with London, stuff with Mavi um, and Guppy for his, his latest single drop. And that was one of, one of Samari's big finds. Does a crazy, crazy job staying with his ear to the creative scene and being able to pair, you know, artists, make some great work. Yeah, well, we're so excited for everything y'all are doing. And thank y'all so much for stopping by. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Two Virgins. We hope you enjoyed getting to know the New York Lab team um, and check out their site and newest projects. You can find this episode on our website, quarantinecontent.com, or on our weekly newsletter, The Cube. See you next week.